Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today in the Vancouver Sun, reporter Kim Bolin had a very interesting story. Um, she was able to obtain a 123-page report that was commissioned by the BC Public Safety Ministry. Now, the ministry uh, was looking at uh, BC's anti-gang agency and whether or not it was effective. In this case, the report showed that it was ineffective in tackling escalating um, a drug war. Um, the anti-gang agency was failing to stem a gang war that, that had resulted in dozens of murders and public shootings over a two-year period, according to the report. Now, the report looked at the uh, gang violence in the period between December uh, 2020 to March 2022. Joining me now to talk a little bit about this particular report and its comments, essentially, that uh, the anti-gang agency here in our province is ineffective. Joining me now is Cash Heat. He's a former West Vancouver police chief. He's also the former BC Solicitor General and currently a Richmond City Councillor. Cash, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Jazz. Good afternoon. So uh, your thoughts just in regards to this headline, first and foremost, that our anti-gang agency is ineffective, in this case specifically looking at a gang war between December 2020 of March and March 2022. Well, I think the CFSU problem has originated back when it, it was in, in its inception in 2002, where it actually took over the organized crime agency, if you recall back mm-hmm. then, I believe you were reporting on a lot of that, where the organized crime agency was created to deal with those higher-level uh, gangsters, higher-level agencies uh, that were involved in this type of behavior and in individuals. However, it was taken over uh, by CFSU in 2002, and they based it on some of the funding models so they could get it out of the provincial policing budget. But that $90 million, which is spent every year and according to the report is uh, is not an adequate return on the investment those of us that have been following the perpetuating gang issue here in British Columbia over the last three decades have realized that we still do not have the comprehensive response required I worked with the uh, leaders of the organized crime agency and they understood what was Uh, needed to deal with this particular problem. They were working towards it. However, when the RCMP leadership came in, Mm -hmm. we came into that bureaucratic inertia, which is quite prevalent within that agency, where it's more interested in process rather than being outcome-based. So is this case just too many organizations who have been asked to work together, but just a thicket of bureaucracy and and, and just not uh, working as efficiently as they possibly need to? No, and they won't, based on the uh, systems that have been created within there, based on the leadership model that they've put in place within there, and based on the accountability to their uh, board, which is appointed by, for example, uh, by the uh, Police Services Division, and they have the head of the RCMP on it, they have the head of the Vancouver Police Department on it. They have those type of individuals on that, which are really not going to be critical or deal with some of the proper governance that's required for a standalone crime agency, whether they're going to focus on organized crime 
or even on the lower level gang issue that uh, leads to the violence that's taking place not only in Metro Vancouver but all over British Columbia. That's not even looking at the major drug issue that we're dealing with and the proceeds of crime that are utilized into our systems. So right now, uh, uh, in the report said there, there was a t- complicated tangle of organizations, including the RCMP, Municipal Police Forces, and the Organized Crime Agency of BC. In your mind, in the perfect world, and it's always very difficult in, in any large organization, but we need a provincially funded, standalone agency that can deal with these issues. Is that, is that what would be the response to this in the perfect world? Absolutely, because the balkanized system we have, and for example, of what we're talking about right now, does not work. You've got to remember, as you've indicated, many are seconded from municipal agencies, which they are really accountable for. You've got the RCMP, and then you've got the other organized crime agency people, and they're really unsure what their leadership model is. But when you've got the third largest police agency here in British Columbia that comes out and by qualified people, uh, Mike Porteous, uh, Kurt Griffiths, and Yvonne Durandaran, criticizing them to the extent of showing how inefficient and ineffective they are, it's very, very concerning to people in British Columbia. But what I would like to see is some responsibility and accountability taken here, and it has to go back, and as you're aware of, to government, because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are funding this particular agency, and if they're not meeting the needs of of what the people of BC need, mm-hmm. uh, then we've got to look at something different. But you're 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 very key on the balkanized process we have in place right now versus a standalone, like it was intended to be under the organized crime agency, a standalone agency tackling these significant issues. I recall, and uh, I don't want to broadly generalize about any organization. There's lots of good people in them. Even in, in the '90s, I think there was something called Clue or coordinated law enforcement uh, unit Uh, and had some good people in there but it was also commonly known among police and probably crime reporters like myself that you know they weren't always sending their best talent uh, to that organization and to one point I think one officer around me referred to it as without a clue and like I said I don't want to broadly generalize about officers there's a lot of hardworking people there Um, but it did go back to once again taking officers from different organizations and putting them in this organization uh, to to deal with the issue and I think after that OCA had come Um, is that still the challenge do you think do you you think police departments at a municipal level or the RCMP whatever it may be, they still must be hesitant in sending some of their best and brightest because they want to use them locally rather than putting them into organizations like this. Well, it's not as bad, if I can use that term, as when the Coordinated Law Enforcement Unit was in place. And they did a lot of good work. They mm-hmm. had a lot of uh, good investigation. So I agree with you. The men and women at the lower rank, they're really getting uh, their self into, immersed into this type of Uh, culture and dealing with organized crime. However, the lack of structure, the lack of proper leadership within the organization, and the report was critical, saying that there are issues with CFSEU's leadership and senior management model, including high rates of turnover. So when you have that occurring at the higher levels, it's going to affect the people lower down. So you don't get the effectiveness that you really need at that level. But I've no, you know, I've looked at some of the people and know some of the people that have worked very, very hard, including, uh, you know, Mike Porteous and others, to make sure CFSEU is successful. But for some reason, Jazz, 
the system does not allow it to move to the level which it's expected to go to. And I think that's based on people looking at their own career development versus looking at doing this service as uh, the way it's required. I don't want to turn this into a very police service conversation. We'll, we'll move to that next week sometime. I think I've been away from that a little while. But ultimately, the SPS conversation versus the RCMP still goes back to uh, a Metro Vancouver police force or a provincial police force. Until we solve that conversation, that issue, this issue about gangs and how we uh, and an and, and, uh, anti-gang agency can't be solved. Is that fair comment in your mind? And it's the bigger picture. How do we police ourselves with, instead of these 21 municipalities, 21 forces, whatever it may be, until we deal with that issue and figure that out, we can't figure out this gang issue. You're exactly right. Uh, until we determine the uh, best police model for British Columbia, which I believe is a provincial police agency followed with three metro-style police agency and uh, rural police done by the provincial police service. So until we're able to do that, until we're able to move homicides, for example, to one unit where we don't have this divisive nature taking place within police organizations, until we're able to move gang suppression to that point, organized crime, white-collar crime, all of those issues to one agency where you have one person you could hold accountable to deal with it, we are going to have these ongoing issues like we've talked about, whether it's Clue, whether it's uh, OCA, whether it's CFSU, or our balkanized systems just to live, deliver community policing throughout Metro Vancouver. Cash, thank you for your time today. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. You too, Jess. Thank you.